Hey everybody, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of, and the internet's best kept secret. Oh, I love this time of year. December has got to be one of my favorite months, and it's especially fun for me right now because my two-year-old daughter is eating it up. This is, uh, I mean, she was around last year, but this is the first year she's really kind of conscious of what's going on, and she is loving every minute of it. It's just such a fun and amazing time to be alive. I love that, like, everywhere I go, the joy of the gospel is being proclaimed. That's why I love December. There's such a tangible wonder in the air. And on top of that, it was a really amazing November for me. I got to launch my very first ever school of happy evangelism. It's something I've been cooking up for the last several years as I've just been out there practicing, um, just bringing the gospel to people in the streets, learning how to pray and approach people and all that stuff. And I can say uh, it was a giant success in my mind. Um, we had probably about 30 people over the course of the three weeks, and many of them had never heard from God before, at least that they knew of, and uh, never gotten a prophetic word, never prayed for someone in public, and everybody came back with amazing stories. We saw miracles, we saw prophetic words given. In fact, it was awesome. There was a lady who, she had hurt something in her neck in a boat accident, and uh, she struggled with excruciating pain for five years. For four of those years, she was able to uh, get injections that took away the pain, but this whole last year, she hasn't been able to have access to insurance, so it's been a year of pain for her, and we encountered her at Walmart, and we prayed for her, and she got instantly and completely healed, and she was so overjoyed that literally right there in Walmart, she took off running and was running all around the produce and meat section, just flipping out. It was a spectacle. People were watching. It was so fun and so amazing, and so that uh, is something that I believe that literally anybody who calls Jesus Lord can see on the daily, and I'm passionate about it. And so I'll be posting audio to that class later, but I'll also be launching a website where if that's something that you want to do, um, I'd love to bring a team to your church and, and figure out how to make that happen. It's just something that I'm wanting to move into in 2020. On top of that, I also want to give a huge uh, shout out to my patron, Micah, uh, who's been with me for a little bit, but he actually just more than doubled his pledge. So thank you, Micah. You are amazing. And if you'd like to support me and this ministry, this podcast, you can just click the link in the description to Patreon. You can give any amount, as little as $1 a month, and you'll get access to all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. Really easy. So with all of that business stuff out of the way, uh, I just wanted to share about something that I think is not only highly underrated, but also deeply misunderstood. I want to talk to you about joy, the joy of the Lord, especially in this time of year. (laughs) I remember uh, like probably seven or eight years ago when I was working my first job at McDonald's, seeing it plastered on a cheap, nasty uh, mocha latte cup it said choose joy and it was talking about like choosing this latte was choosing joy well I think it's really important to talk about joy especially right now because you're going to hear it everywhere but what is joy and more specifically I want to talk about laughter you know I've been around the church block 
and I've observed that people seem to have no problem sitting stone-faced in church. No one's going to hassle you for crying in church. Heck, most places these days won't even get on you for having blatant sin issues. But God forbid you commit the ultimate diabolical act of being happy. Now, I don't just mean chuckling at the latest John Christ video. I'm talking about a supernatural manifestation of joy, often called holy laughter. Trust me, that, that will get you in hot water faster than you can say ha ha hallelujah. Uh, well, one of my favorite videos on YouTube is from an old Rodney Howard Brown meeting. Uh, it's got the hilarious title, <laughs> Unholy Laughter. Now, obviously, it was posted by a critic trying to, and I'm air quoting here, expose the devil. But all they really succeeded in doing was give me 30 minutes of glorious footage to enjoy. And in this video, an entire auditorium gets hit with a manifestation of extreme laughter. Now, admittedly, it's a bit bizarre to see old white guys in suits literally rolling on the ground laughing. It's odd to hear polite southern ladies just clutching their pearls and shrieking with supernatural delight. But just because something is strange doesn't mean it's automatically from the devil. I mean, read the Bible. God does not need anyone's help being strange. In fact, strangeness might be more of an indicator of God's presence than Satan's in some cases. As John Crowder often says, wouldn't it be just like the devil to cheer up a bunch of Christians? So why is the response of the church often so harsh towards laughter? I mean, I could go on and on about how people shy away from or just condemn things that they don't understand. I could go in depth about how people like Jonathan Edwards, A.W. Tozer, A.B. Simpson, the founder of CMA, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, George Whitfield, the Calvinist theologian, Oswald Chambers, William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army, Evan Roberts, D.L. Moody, Bo <laughs> Moody of Moody Bible College, and scores of Catholic saints all record manifestations of laughter in their meetings. Or I could talk about how every denomination, whether it be Southern, Baptist, Presbyterians, Methodists, or Catholics, all have roots in supernatural phenomena to such a degree that they would make this holy laughter Toronto blessing stuff look tame. But I think the reason people react so violently towards laughter in particular is because, hear me on this, laughter is the sound of judgment. What do I mean by that? Let me share a moment with you that really changed my life. When I was 18 years old, I visited Bethel Church in Redding, California for the very first time. I didn't grow up charismatic, so I really didn't have a grid for what I experienced that fateful summer in 2012, but I knew in my guts that it was God. I remember a lady asking for prayer for her husband who was in the final stages of cancer. And so I agreed to pray for her, and suddenly, out of nowhere, I began laughing. It was weird and awkward. Um, this was clearly not a funny situation, yet something deep inside my soul was welling up with joy. Now, I thought this lady would be horrified, but instead she was crying. And I mean a good cry. As I was laughing, I realized the Holy Spirit was bringing comfort to her heart. I was baffled. So my prayer partner pulled me aside and said something to me that's always stuck with me. 
um, he said, don't ever be ashamed to laugh because that was your spirit perceiving breakthrough before it came. See, your soul was rejoicing in the victory of Jesus before your mind got there. So just learn to trust that. Isn't that awesome? So ever since then, the more serious the situation, the harder it is not to laugh. And I'm not even trying to be like this. It's just something that happens. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't weep with those who weep. In all of the healing ministry I've done, in all the times I have prayed for the dead to be raised and so on and so forth, I've cried bitter tears of loss. And so did Jesus. But what I am saying is that no matter the situation, there is a higher and deeper truth that in Christ all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well, that he really does have the whole world in his hands, and that he really has conquered sin and death, and that reality, that can be tapped into and released no matter what. So joy gets a bad rep, which is strange considering it's the very foundation of the gospel. It's even called the good news of great joy. When Sarah gave birth to Isaac, the one through whom God promised to bless the entire world. She said, God has brought me joy and laughter, and everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. But unfortunately, joy is often considered fluffy or without substance or shallow. Joy is just for those who want a marshmallow spirituality, as if the ones laughing are the ones who are not really paying attention to what's going on in the world. But I just want to flip that around. What if the ones laughing aren't the ones who are detached from reality, but are the ones who are actually seeing reality the most clearly? Now, no doubt, there are some truly horrific situations happening all over this planet. But to be an effective minister of Jesus and his gospel, we must be able to see him where nobody else can. Uh, there's an awesome story in the book of Genesis where a maid named Hagar was booted from her master's house. She was forced to wander the desert with her toddler-aged son. She's wandering around in the wilderness. She has no plan. All her water is gone. And after walking for miles in the sun, uh, she decides it's game over. She puts her baby in a bush because she it says she can't bear to watch him die. And then she goes a distance away and waits for death in despair. Now, you and I, we get stressed about pop tires and credit card debt, but this lady, this lady's having a very bad day. (laughs) But then an angel shows up, and what does the angel say? Does he say, there, there? Does he say, cheer up, champ? Does he say, I see your pain? Does he say, you deserve a good cry? No, the angel literally says, what's the matter with you, Hagar? Uh, what's the matter? I don't know, how about a slow, hot death for my baby? How about being homeless in the desert? How about this intense dry mouth? But then something happens. It says God opened her eyes and she saw a well. So she was able to refill her water and she and her son ended up making it to civilization and God promised to bless him and he became a great nation. Now, there's a few ways that you could take this story. Either there was a physical well nearby and her despair had blinded her, or the way I see it personally is that God supernaturally manifested water out of the realm of the spirit. 
But either way, when it says it opened her eyes, that means the answer was right there in front of her. But in order to drink, she had to be lifted out of her despair to see things from God's perspective. So when the angel asked his question, he wasn't being insensitive or out of touch. Like we can be sensitive to where people are at while still graciously helping them lift their eyes to Christ, our ever-present help. Chris Gore says, when our awareness of the answer outgrows our awareness of the problem, breakthrough is the inevitable result. So what if, just like Hagar at the well, we actually begin to see that Jesus is victorious in every problem? What if we back up even further and see that in Christ, every single problem was solved before it began? I'll say this. It takes real guts to live in a world that insists that you must cry. I'm not talking about blindness. I'm not talking about putting our fingers in our ears and ignoring problems. I'm talking about seeing Jesus behind all of those issues and pointing to him above all else. Now you might be wondering, what did I mean when I said earlier that laughter is the sound of judgment? We're going to get there. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about God's presence. When I say his presence, I don't mean our theological statement that he's everywhere all the time. Um, I've heard that a lot recently, that people will say, well, God is everywhere. Uh, what's missing is your awareness. I, I agree with that to a point. But I also know that you can say that until you're blue in the face and still not encounter him. What I'm talking about is his undeniable, tangible spirit experienced within time and space. I'm talking about the raw reality of God manifesting through us and around us. What is that like? Like, have you ever, have you ever been around somebody who sucks all the energy out of the room? Uh, like someone that people tense up around and they can't be themselves? Or how about somebody who lights up a room? Well, I could tell you this about Jesus, that if kids were pushing past crowds to hang out with him, then he, he wasn't the like fun-sucking God that people sometimes imagine him to be. So let's just look at some verses here that give us some wisdom and glimpses into what it's like to be around God. In Psalm 1611, it says, In his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. In Zephaniah 317, it says, He rejoices over us with singing. The word rejoice here in Hebrew means to whirl around wildly with dancing. So apparently, God is pretty animated. On my dashboard in my car, I've got a smiling, bouncing Jesus. He's always there to remind me that God is one billion times more excited than I am. Uh, or how about this one? Though you have seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Or as I've said on this show before, the Holy Spirit is often described as a river. And there are tons of scriptures talking about how joy, pleasure, delight, laughter, gladness, fullness, blessing, all of those things come to those who drink this river. When the Bible talks about the light of God's face or his countenance, 
Um, there are tons of those scriptures that immediately link to scriptures that talk about having a glad heart. So a Bible commentator named William Landles has said about God's countenance, it is the exuberant gladness, the overflowing joy beyond any worldling's mirth, unending. First of all, I like the word worldling, and I also like the word mirth. So my theory is part of what's happening when people go into holy laughter is they are experiencing a transcendent realm that is higher than their earthly experience. As uh, C.S. Lewis alluded to in The Great Divorce, it's not that heaven is some ethereal, wispy place, but actually heaven is so much more real than our own physical reality. We have no idea how absolutely charged with joy the atmosphere of heaven really is. The Bible literally says it's a party. In Hebrews it says, You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. There have been times where I have actually seen this reality for myself. I've had multiple out-of-body encounters where I actually saw heaven, and it was so joyful, it's, it's almost useless to try to even describe it with words. When I saw it, it's not like the angels and heavenly beings were reacting to events and then experienced joy. It's different than that. It's almost as if the very oxygen of heaven itself is joy. Joy permeates every inch of heaven. So sometimes uh, we like to criticize people for having extreme manifestations, but think about this. If you stick your finger in a light socket right now, it would overwhelm you with sensations and cause you to jerk violently. So if all joy and goodness and delight and pleasure in all of the universe find their source in God, and then you begin to come into contact with his fullness of joy, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I'll tell you this, it is a lot more than a contented smile. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm feeling it. Thank you, Lord. So, with that in mind, let's talk about judgment. If you'll recall from my episode in October about judgment, which if you haven't listened to that, please do. I think it'll give you some groundwork for what I'm going to say here. The judgment of God is not about destruction. What it's really about is restoration. The judgment of God destroys everything that is not rooted in him and restores that which was lost. So we've wrongly taken judgment and made it about people being destroyed for doing evil things. But God's judgment is for people. It is, however, against the powers and principalities and forces of evil that have held us captive. So the kingdom of God, it says, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's Romans 14, 17. So then, think about this. Wherever the reign of God is established, wrong things immediately become right, and the result is always joy. Jesus said this, pray on earth as it is in heaven. So when that reality of God manifests around us concretely, Everything that isn't of heaven is necessarily destroyed. So the judgment of God, which is the destruction of all that is evil, sounds like joy. 
Think about how many times in the Gospels it says, and there was great joy, or Jesus would heal somebody or clear out an entire town of sick people. And it says they marveled or they danced or they shouted for joy. That's what it's like when the kingdom of God is actually manifesting on the earth. So if we want to see heaven manifest around us, we need to join in on what's happening in the invisible realm. Just like I said, in heaven, they're not reacting to circumstances. Joy just is the atmosphere of heaven. So when we laugh, ha ha ha, we are living, we are choosing to live from a different set of laws. On earth, people react to circumstances. In heaven, they react to him. So when we choose to laugh, whether we feel like it or not, we are actually releasing the frequency of heaven around us. Just consider these scriptures. Psalm 2-4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Now this song, obviously, it, it goes on to describe how God's laughter brings the total beat down to his enemies. Proverbs 21-15 says it like this, When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Here's one in Jeremiah, But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. So God's justice is inextricably linked to his kindness. The word righteous means that which is wrong becoming right again. So the frequency of God's justice is his delight. Nothing makes God happier than seeing his children set free from the effects of sin and death. How many times have you read in the New Testament? He did these things according to his good pleasure. Or check out this one in Isaiah. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. So again, that scripture is revealing that the heart of God in judgment is not to hurt people, but to help people learn. It's not about them getting punished. It's about them remembering the righteousness of God. Or here's one more. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. So think about this. If the foundation of his throne is justice, what issues forth from that just decree, what goes before him, is his loving kindness and his truth. So the Bible says many times, it, the Bible says so many times in the New Testament that God works out of his kind intent or his good pleasure or because of his great love and so on and so forth. So his justice is inextricably linked to his joy and pleasure. So I'll say it again. If we want to see heaven manifesting around us, we need to join in on what's happening in the invisible. When we laugh, we are giving place for the atmosphere of heaven. On earth, everyone around us is going around through life reacting to what's going on. They give circumstances the ultimate place of authority over them. But in heaven, they're reacting to him, to his nature, his accomplishments, his uh, his victory, his preeminence, his presence. So when we choose to laugh, whether we feel like it or not, we are actually releasing the frequency of heaven around us. We create a space around us where, where we're saying, God, by laughing, we're saying, God, you are the supreme authority. And then 
Uh, because his authority is there, the angels can begin to minister and bring breakthrough. So when we laugh, we're not just experiencing the joy of salvation, but we are actually partnering with the realm of heaven to release judgment against the powers and principalities of darkness. I once heard somebody say that laughter is the highest form of tongues. So this right here, this is why the enemy despises laughter. He does everything he can to discredit it, counterfeit it, and deceive people into thinking somehow that laughter is of the devil. But in reality, our laughter is actually causing destruction and devastation to everything that he's built. And I'll say this, all of the most incredible miracles I've witnessed were birthed out of that atmosphere of joy. When I went into a hospital in Hong Kong, with a man who had stage four cancer who was dying and his, fr uh, his friends and family were gathered around him. It was doom and gloom. What my friend and I did before we even prayed was we put on some worship music and started partying. And literally in that place, we saw the atmosphere shift. Again, not just God's omnipresence, right? Not just the awareness of his presence, but the tangible reality of his presence in that room. We actually saw an egg-sized tumor dissolve off of this guy. Or another time, I was with my friend Matt in Fort Wayne, and we were just having a glory meeting. People are rolling on the ground laughing, and it was almost a joke when I was praying for this girl who was missing a chunk of bone in her spine. But in that place, it was so easy because we were flowing in the atmosphere of God. She went into the bathroom to check herself, and she screamed because a literal missing chunk of bone grew back in her spine. <laughs> Every single uh, revival or awakening that's ever taken place has had extreme manifestations of joy. You can take that to the bank and look it up. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. So how, this is a question that everybody asks, and I agree, it's a good question. How do we experience this intense otherworldly joy? And listen, I'm going to share some stuff with you. And I'm going to share it with you out of a place of realness and vulnerability. Last week, uh, I'll, I'll just be honest, like it was one of the toughest, most emotionally taxing weeks I've had in a long time. I was exhausted. My baby wasn't sleeping right. Um, I was just worn out from running around. Like I was tired. I was feeling depressed. I feel like, it, you know, perhaps it could have been some sort of attack or whatever, but I was just feeling really down. But even in that, in doing some of the things that I'm going to share with you, I felt my spirit lift and turn around. And even when things felt like they were uh, off for me, um, these things work. This is how you can live. And I can say that from personal experience. Because a lot of people will go, oh, well, you don't understand. Like, uh, this is going on or that's going on or I'm stuck in this mindset. Listen, I have been there. I promise you. So let me just share a couple of things that help you stay rooted in joy. I, feel, I think I'm honestly going to do an entire another episode about this in the future, but let me just give you a few. The first is just simple revelation. The person Jesus is the source of all joy. Just focus on knowing him, encountering him, um, and even just ask him. Ask him to show you his joy. Just say, Jesus. I hear what he's saying and I want to encounter your joy for myself. That's what he paid for. That is salvation, that you would know him. 
So I did that very thing once. I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, show me your joy. I was actually taken in an out-of-body experience into a, a, a place in heaven. And I saw in, in this vision, I saw massive rolling hills absolutely covered in people laughing hysterically. And when I saw that, I could feel waves of electric laughter coursing through my body. So tip number one is just ask him to help you see what you're missing. Like Hagar, the answer is right there in front of you. He's already made a way. It's finished. He's infused you with his very presence and nature. It's right there. The issue is oftentimes we just don't see. Uh, another tip um, is I just personally did everything I could to get around people who were experiencing this joy. I would go way out of my way to go places where the joy of the Lord was manifesting. In fact, um, people getting drunk in the spirit or intoxicated or blasted or whatever you want to call it, that was like the main reason I moved to Reading. I didn't know what that was at the time or how it worked. I just knew I want that for myself. And so I made it a point that whenever I saw people getting drunk in the spirit, if, if anywhere I saw people getting touched by God, I would be the first person to run over and get prayer. Another thing to keep in mind with that too is it's okay if you only experience a little bit at first because uh, just give God thanks for anything he does. Even if you do that and you just feel like the slightest little tingle, just thank God for it because gradually as you immerse yourself in the gospel and in thankfulness and in joy and in supernatural community, your awareness, your sensitivity to this will begin to grow. Pretty soon, you'll be as drunk as the craziest ones just rolling on the floor. Now, I say that not because it's a work, but it is it is truly an attitude of the heart of opening yourself up to this revelation. And lastly, this one is always challenging for people, but I think if this is challenging for you, you especially need to hear this, is to choose joy. Look, Paul said over and over to rejoice in the Lord. He wrote that in prison, in the dark, in the cellar, uh, <laughs> like in a bad situation. He said rejoice in the Lord. The Psalms talk about lifting up a joyful noise. So many of us agree that it's not hypocritical to worship when we don't feel like it. In fact, it's especially good to worship when you don't feel like it, right? We worship, again, going back to what I said earlier, we worship him because he's worthy, not because things are going well, right? We worship him because he's worthy, not because we necessarily feel like it. But out of that place, our feelings begin to line up with the truth. So what I'm saying is if we can learn to worship when we don't feel like it, what if we learn to laugh and shout for joy, especially if we don't feel like it? That's not hypocritical. That is obedience to the truth. It's obedience to the truth that Jesus is the victorious Savior of all and that everything is being summed up in Him, that all my problems are ultimately under His feet. And you know what? True, some days I wake up and forget that fact. And when that happens... Ask my wife. I will literally get up and I will shout for joy and I will laugh and I will dance. I'll put on some worship music. And every time I do that, all every single time, I feel a quickening in my spirit. I feel like a lifting in my thoughts and in emotions. I feel a shift come over me. So if you're stuck, if you're stuck in a funk, try it now. Just repeat after me. Ha, ha, ha.
Uh, oh man, <laughs> getting lightheaded over here. So many of us have been so taught to be deeply suspicious of joy, so much so that we don't realize that what we're really doing is putting a lid on the Holy Spirit. By choosing laughter, you are actually agreeing with what he wants to do, and you are giving him space to take over in your heart. You're saying, Jesus, I'm not going to let my feelings dictate what you can and can't do in my emotions because I'm plugged into your emotions, right? So lastly, what I want to do is I want to release an impartation over you. And so to do that for you guys, I'm just going to read a passage from one of my favorite books. And as I do, I'm going to be asking and believing the Holy Spirit that there will be a stirring up of supernatural joy in your spirit. So get comfortable and let these words just begin to wash over you. Let the impartation just come over you right now. Um, this is I'm going to read a lengthy uh, section here from one of my very favorite books, The Laughter of God. It says this, Deep in my soul I heard the laughter of God ringing in silvery cadences through the timbers of my being, breaking the human bonds and limitations as a strong yet gentle wind in the forest sweeps aside the strands of cobweb. The hard, fast knots that I had tied slipped loose, and the snarls of beliefs broke free. The river of my human life, frozen by a thousand and one false ideas and teachings, broke joyously into expression and went bounding into the infinite sea of life to be lost and found at the same time. One dark cave of fear after another was illuminated by the light of this laughter, and swampy areas of sick thoughts were dried up instantly. Parched sands of hopelessness and futile efforts were drenched by the living waters, sucked in, absorbed instantly like a wave breaking on the sands. <laughs> God laughing at me and at my puny efforts to make things happen, to make heaven appear, to attain sonship, uh, not the laugh of derision, but of infinite compassion, a laughter so deep and sweet, so pure and glorious, that everything in the nature of struggle gave way before it. And the breath of that glorious laughter blew all the dirty rags of personal teaching and self-aggrandizement away from me. At first, the fierce joy that proceeded from the unheard peals of laughter made me afraid. Afraid that everything worthwhile was being taken from me, that I should be naked. But no sooner had the filthy rags of personality blown free than I was clothed in a panoply of light. And in the glorious raiment of light, I saw for the first time the glory of the Spirit made flesh. I stood before the infinite peals of laughter, which flowed through all creation like floods of golden mist, filled with speechless wonder at the beauty of the world I had lived in, which had been invisible because of my separation, because of my personal ideas about attainment. 
I was as a child, with a small measure at the seaside, trying to carry off a little water when the entire sea was at my disposal. And I understood for the first time that the exhaustless sea of substance about me and that the idea of hoarding was but a childish fear grown into a Goliath by false teachings and beliefs. Suddenly, I became aware that substance was everywhere, in everything, out of everything. The only place of lack was in my hypnotic state of unbelief, and I alone created and moved in this vacuum. And so the glorious laughter rolled on, searching the very joints and marrow of me, dislodging belief in every fear, sickness, or age. As it swept over me and through me and round about me, I was amazed at the wonder of it, the fierce, terrible thing, which was at the same time so beautiful and free. The wonder of it kept singing through my soul as veil after veil of belief was rent asunder and new kingdoms stood revealed. I'm just going to skip ahead just a little bit here. It said, no matter how many struggles had been made, no matter how many mistakes, how many shortcomings or failures, how long the belief or short the hate, it was all swept aside as nothing. The glorious, divine ease with which it was expressed made dis-ease impossible. It was the overturning, an overturning that had to take place before he, the laughing one, could come into expression. The people of God are a people of joy, and it is not until they hear this God laughter in their souls that they have attained to their heritage. Jesus, I thank you so much for my listeners. And right now, Lord, just th right through the airwaves, I just release the ha 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 of heaven. I thank you, Lord. It's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. Extreme, ecstatic joy. Lord, just take over them. Uh, possess their emotions right now. Lord, just destroy circumstances and wrong beliefs and let it flow unhindered like little children let them dance let them leap like a deer as it says oh thank you lord thank you thank you jesus thank you so much for listening to the house of bliss podcast hey if you'd like to support this ministry it is super easy to do it all you need to do is click the link in the description of this episode and go to our Patreon page. Sign up there for as little as a dollar a month. You can not only support us, but you can get access to all kinds of super cool behind-the-scenes benefits. Thanks so much for considering it, and God bless.